is a Woodside Church podcast. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Well, uh, if you haven't met me before, I'm Ollie. I'm part of the family here. I've been so for, tw- for 20 years now. been coming to Woodside, so that's cool. I'm the youth pastor, so I look after 11 to 18-year-olds, which is really fun. And every time I try and get onto the stage, I always say to Martin or Tim, whoever I'm doing it with, that I'm going to bring some of the youth work to Sunday morning. So I hope you're all feeling very lively. We're going to play a game to hopefully keep you all warm, because it is freezing. Um, and it should be a really fun morning. It's going to be a bit different, but it's going to be super good. Um, this morning, me and Martin, we're kind of doing it in line of the, with the Nehemiah series, but we're taking inspiration from Nehemiah 10, and we're going to do a few things around that. We're looking at the temple of God and how it relates to us as a church and the church family together. Um, so that's going to be a bit, and it's going to be a bit up and down, chopping and changey, but hopefully that will keep you on your toes. Um, but first, we're going to play a game, and to do this, I'm going to ha- I need someone to help me. And so when I introduce this person, you're going to have to give them a massive, massive welcome, because they've, they've, they're helping me out, and they're going to be amazing, all right? So I'm going to invite them up, and we're all going to give them a massive round of applause when they come, yeah? You ready? Cool. So I'm going to welcome up Bill. Bill is one of our families and the young people, so let's give him a round of applause. Oh, Bill's got his cards. He's ready. So this is Bill. Um, Bill, how old are you? Twelve. Bill's twelve. Do you want to speak into your microphone? There you go. Yeah, how? twelve. Bill's twelve, and you've been in our youth for quite a while, and he is amazing. If you don't know Bill, get to know Bill, basically. And we're going to start with a quiz, aren't we? Yeah. So to do this, I'm going to say, explain some rules. But if you are able to, in order to keep us warm, everyone needs to stand up if you are able to, um, and we're going to do a quiz. And just to say, whilst I don't, I don't have favourites, if you are youth, you get an extra youth life. So if you get one wrong, you get a life, and you guys can stay in. I don't have favourites. That's just the rules. I, didn't, I couldn't pick the rules. And also, there are prizes. Yes. Often Christmas-themed prizes, because it's basically Christmas now as well. So there's prizes, and if you win, do it at the end. Basically, what's going to happen, we've got a few questions that will really test your knowledge about a whole wide variety of things. And one of the answers you're going to have to stand up for, and one of the answers you're going to sit down for, and you have to pick. And then we'll have like six or seven questions, something like that. And Bill's going to be our fantastic question reader. We're going to do a practice question, which hopefully you should all know the answer to. Let's hope so. And if not, that's slightly embarrassing. So I think think the question will come up on the screen. And then, Bill, if you want to read it out, it's on your cards as well. What is the book that we're currently going through in our Sunday mornings? Stand up, Nehemiah. Sit down, Jeremiah. So if you think it's Nehemiah, you need to stay standing in a practice question. If you think it's Jeremiah, you'd sit down. <laughs> Matt nearly sat down. There you go, but that's fine. Matt has a youth life, so it's okay. That would be a practice question. Does everyone understand what we're doing? We could go for this quick fire, up and down, so you can stay warm. So what's question one? Question one. What is Martin's favourite Bible verse? Ooh. Stand up. And you can't look at Dawn or Martin when you answer this. <laughs> Stand up, Psalms 23, sit down, Philippians 4. Ooh. So stand up. Martin's immune from this round. Stand up if you think it's Philippians 4, sit down if you think it's... Sorry, stand up if you think it's Psalm 23, sit down if you think it's Philippians 4. Ooh, there's a lot of people sitting down. All right, Bill, what's the answer? The one with the star next to it is the answer. Philippians 4. So if you sat down, you're through for the next round. Unlucky to everyone standing up. Josh, sorry. See you later. If you were standing up, you're out. 
Okay, well, I don't know. Sorry, I should have had a judge, Abby. That's tough. That was, that was a, you should have known that one, guys. Interestingly, I did this last week at the West, and I put Philippians 4 in there as a curveball for Tim's favorite Bible verse. And so I talked to Martin, and he was like, Philippians 4 is actually my favorite Bible verse, so they have opposites, and it worked really well. So that's an interesting fact. What's question two? Is everyone stand up if you're still in? Keep yourself warm. Everyone stand up. What's question two? Ooh. Ooh. Go on, Bill. Read out for us. What is Ollie's middle name? Stand up. Jacob. Sit down. James. Ooh, two biblical J names. Oliver Jacob. Stand up if you think it's Jacob. Sit down if you think it's James. Ooh, some people are going for it. Some people look at my friends, see if they know. <laughs> All right. So, Bill, what's the answer? The answer is James. Yes. Unlucky. Some of the people standing up, I thought you knew me well, but obviously you don't. This is really testing our theological knowledge as a church, so this is really good. So if you're still through to the next round, remember there is a prize. Everyone stand up again, keep yourself warm. I promise it's not too long. It feels like a bit like a carol service. But question three, Bill, what's question three? What, which chapter of Nehemiah are we in our series this week? Stand Last up. week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Stand up, Nehemiah 11. Sit down, Nehemiah 12. Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> who was at church last week or listened to the podcast? <laughs> Ooh, sit down. I wasn't even here last week, so... <laughs> Debs was here, she didn't know. Martin, was it you that was preaching? Great preach, Martin, Debs thinks. <laughs> she I can't remember. Don't take this personally. Bill, what's the answer? Near my 12. Near my 12. So if you were sitting down, you're still through to the next round. Unlucky everyone that was here last week, you couldn't remember. Hopefully you'll remember this week. All right, next question. Everyone stand up again. How many people are still in? You're doing a lot better than the, than the site at Great Denham, I have to tell you now. There was only about 12 people left in at this point. There's still some youth in. Hopefully you're, still, you're using your youth lives. Question four. Ooh, go for it, Bill. What is the age difference between Ollie and Martin? Stand up. Between 30 to 35 years, sit down between 35 to 40 years. Ooh, and you won't offend anyone because I could just be young or Martin could be old, so you won't offend anyone in your answers. Stand up if you think it's between 30 and 35 and sit down if you think it's 35 to 40. Ooh, some people got their answers in. This could be one that wipes everyone out. Oh, oh now everyone sat down. All right, Bill, what's the answer? 35 to 40. Oh, all right. That was, a, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. It's 30, 36, 37? 36 it is between me and Martin. So there you go. That was a tough one. Question five. This is the second to last one. So if you're still in, you're nearly there. Question five. What year did we become a multi-site church? Stand up, 2018. Yeah, stand up if you're still in, sorry. Sit down, 2019. Ooh. Stand up 2018, sit down 2019. I have to say, Tim Green got this wrong, which is also slightly embarrassing last week. Stand up if you think it's 2018, sit down if you think it's 2019. Ooh, Bill, do you want to give us the answer? 2018. 2018. 2018. You might remember we split for Christmas carol services right at the end of 2018, so unlucky. So everyone still standing up is in the last round, in the last question. Do we have, do we have any youth still in? Yeah. Uh, Rich, you don't quite count. 
this, well, this, this could be quite hard if there's no young people in, because this quiz definitely wasn't made for a young person to win the quiz. Um, and if you guess this right, fair play to you. Bill, what's the last question? <laughs> what topic was our last week's youth session on? <laughs> what are the options, Bill? Stand up. How do I spend time with God? Sit down. How do I read the Bible? Ooh, well, so you guys, it's just going to be a bit of guesswork. Um, I mean, shall we all have a drum roll for the answer? Let's go for it. All have a drum roll. Go for it, Bill. What's the answer? How do I spend time with God? How do I spend time with God? So if that was you, you get a prize. I always have lots of prizes. So if you just want some chocolate at the end, just come and see me. I'm very generous. Um, but can we all give a massive round of applause to Bill? You did so well. You can give the microphone to Martin on your way down. Thank you so much, Bill. Hopefully that warmed you up a bit, because um, it's still really cold. I'm going to hand over to Martin, who's going to just set a bit of the scene for our preach, and I'll be back in, a bit, in about 10 minutes or so. Cool. There you go. Well done, Ollie. Just give Ollie a hand, shall we? This is the last time we're going to be looking at Nehemiah. This is the finale of our series. And we thought we would uh, have a bit of fun. And uh, also, as has been said, Ollie and I are going to be sharing this, this bit. It's not going to be a long uh, talk, but uh, hopefully this will be helpful as we sort of land a number of things that we've been talking about. In fact, as has been said, it was chapter 12 we looked at last week. We're actually going to be doing chapter 10 this week. We flipped the two. Part, part of it is just to keep us on our toes. And also it just worked that we could uh, partner with the, the other sites when we did that. And so we're looking at chapter 10, but we're actually landing on one particular verse. And we want to unpack that. I'll be explain a little bit about what that verse means to us today. And then Ollie's going to look at some of the practical applications. How do we, how do we make this work amongst us? The verse comes from is verse 39, and it says this. We promise together not to neglect the temple of our God. We promise together not to neglect the temple of our God. It's interesting, chapter 10, if you ever look at it, is, is a whole chapter of promises and declarations that the people of God uh, make to God uh, about what they're going to do together. It's really quite fascinating how they make these clear promises in light of everything they've done, in light in the building of the temple, the building of the wall that we've been looking at particularly. Now they want to make these declarations and they land the last verse, the last sentence of this chapter, we promise together not to neglect the temple of our God. Now, with anything in the Old Testament, which is the first half of the Bible, if you like, we have to say, well, okay, what's happening there? But also, how does this apply to our setting here? We, we, we're not talking about, uh, this is a church building, it's not a temple, but we're not talking about physical bricks and, and mortar for us. This is saying something different to us as believers. But what does it mean for us not to neglect the temple of our God? How do we apply that into our setting? What is the temple of God in our setting? How do we unpack from what is context, a particular context for the people of God many thousands of years ago? And how does that apply to us today? Well, the New Testament, the second half of the Bible, really speaks very clearly into this moment. And I'd like to read uh, these verses to talk about, firstly, that we are the temple. We're the temple. 
Let me read some verses, three, what, just to, and we'll unpack each time. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3.16 says this. I love the way it's written. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Wow. I mean, suddenly, this, what was a building, what was bricks, what was stones, where God's presence lived, suddenly the New Testament is explaining that us as believers, that temple has become us. Now, this isn't talking about the fact that we are individually temples of the Holy Spirit. Later on in this same letter, Paul talks about that. But before he gets about the individual aspect, he says, no, no, it says, you together, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in you, plural. Wonderful, isn't it? There's something that when we come together, when we as church family, and of course as church families across the world, that's where the presence of God lives. That's not the only time it's mentioned. What about Ephesians 2.21? The same writer writes these words, we are carefully joined together in him, in Christ, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. See, same imagery. That phrase joined together means close relationships. So we're carefully joined together in close relationships, becoming a holy temple. It's really helpful, isn't it, that we see in these verses principles that, that means that Sunday morning is great, but you can't build close relationships in a crowd. There's more that, that this temple is, and is put, the writer here is trying to explain that, that actually we are to express being this temple of God in close relationships with one another. So if you're in the youth work, that means connecting on Friday nights and Sunday nights and other activities that you have in order for you to have close relationships with one another. For many of us in this room, it would be connecting with our small groups that meet at different times throughout the week where we share life together, where we support one another, close relationships. That's the temple of God. Church isn't coming on Sundays. It's, it's being in close relationships which is expressed on Sundays. So often I think of Sunday mornings as all the groups coming together because all the life is happening, the heart of what we're doing is actually built in close relationships according to these verses here and many others that the New Testament speaks of. And the third one, in terms of how we are the temple, 1 Peter 2.5 says this, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. It's almost like the writer's, Peter in this case, a different writer, is trying to say, look, you're stones, but you're not physical stones. I I don't think anyone was confused by that, but there's life. There's life in you and I. We are living stones. We've been made alive in Christ. So the, the major thrust that we take from the building of the temple, the building of the walls... And how this flows into what we see today is actually we have become the temple where the Spirit of God lives. Let me show you a photograph uh, of the walls around 
the temple. This is uh, a recent photograph of the walls around where Nehemiah built, built, his, built, built the walls and the temple in the centre. This photograph was taken by Tim Green, would you believe? Uh, and as you can see, it's, uh, it's still today you can see how remarkably it's been built. I mean, even just you look at the cement and, or the mortar or whatever, whatever they would call it, binding these stones together. And, and it gives a glimpse of what it means for us to be a temple which is, which is bound together. I mean, this has lasted thousands of years because how well it was built and how tight it was and, and, and how it's lasted centuries as a result. But it leads to how, well, how do we move to our setting? How do we ensure that we stay strong? If it's to be about being joined together, these living stones, and if it's about us being in close relationships, what does that actually look like? If you like, what is the cement that glues us together and keeps us together? How do we express those things? So the first point is we are the temple. The second point is this. The cement that holds us all together is the care, those relationships that expressed in our care for one another, yeah? That's when we see those close relationships coming into some form of practical application. So to keep us warm, I, I like this keeping warm. It's flipping cold down here, I just want you to say, that spot there. Am I allowed to say flipping? I, I, I've said it already, haven't I? So, so you're allowed to, I don't know if you're allowed, apologies if I'm not. But it's really cold down there. So just keep us active, Give me some examples, shout some examples out of how we effectively care for one another. How we apply that cement, making sure that we are strong together. Let's have some examples from the floor. Community groups, top of the class, tabs. Okay, community groups, but give me some examples of what you might do in a community groups or other relationships, how you stay strong together. Pray for each other, Sharon, very good. Any more? Encourage one another. Like that one. You'll find out why in a minute. Any more? Eat together. Luke, you just want to eat, right? Yeah? Oh, eat together. You did say that, to be fair. Eat together. Very good. Any more? Love each other. Very good. Yes, sir, at the back. Talk to each other. Very, very good. Any more? Listen to each other. Any more? Practical things? Mother? It's my mum there. You need to accept me as well, mum, just, you know. I know I've done wrong. No, okay. Any more? One more. One more. Any more? Any more? Someone else? Checking in. Checking in. Understanding the Bible. Helping one another in understanding God's word. Fantastic. See, we are the temple. But actually, it's not just a theoretical thing. It's not a historical thing. It's a living thing, living stones. And I'm going to pass to Ollie, who's going to talk about, well, how do we apply this living stones that we've been touching into? Let's, Ollie, over to you, my friend.
Thanks, Abby. Thanks, Abby. Josh, you're, Josh, you're now my favorite person because you talk, mentioned encouragement. I didn't prepare him to do that, uh, so he's just a bit of a genius. I'm going to look at, we've had lots of contribution about what this looks like, and I'm going to speak about one specifically about what caring for each other looks like by looking at a culture of encouragement um, because it is so, so important. Let me just get my notes up. Um, it's so important in the way that we care for one another. And it's actually something that's very close to us as a youth work and what we're trying to implement. Because as you'll see, on all your seats, hopefully you'll have a postcard that says this. It says, we are so proud of you. Uh, we use these in our youth work loads. Um, we order them regularly. And the whole idea is that if someone has joined us in year six and leaves us in year 13, that they, we give, as youth leaders, give these cards out to young people, encourage them. Every, like, quite, hopefully quite regularly, the idea is that they'll leave the youth work with 75 to 100 postcards of encouragement that they'll keep forever, and even if they ignore them when they're emptying out the room because they're moving out at 25, they'll find these postcards in the box and they'll go, oh wow, these people really cared about me, they cared for each other, we, they encouraged me, and they might not re- re- realize that this is true until that moment where they find them, when they put them under their bed for ages. So this is something that's really important for our youth work and something we want to bring, you know, this is an important for the church as well. Um, just for a bit of context, we're going to look at a verse that really highlights the need to encourage each other. Um, it's going to be from 2 Corinthians 13, 11. But just to get some context for this verse so that we all understand where it's coming from, um, Paul wrote to Corinthians. He actually wrote multiple letters to the church in Corinth. That's why it's called Corinthians. Um, and this is, although it says it's two Corinthians, this might even be like the third letter he actually wrote. So we have one Corinthians. We have one that was likely to be in the middle that we don't actually have in the Bible. And we have two Corinthians. And Paul, Paul first came alongside the church in Corinth because they were in a bit of a crisis. And so there's actually a very stark difference between what we read in 1 Corinthians and what we read in 2 Corinthians. Um, And the middle letter will again be because they're in a bit of a crisis. But 2 Corinthians was written by Paul because he heard a good report from another man called Titus. So that's really important because... This wasn't just a random statement by Paul. This is Paul that has invested in the church for years and years, written them letters, come alongside each other. And the verse we're going to read are Paul's, what, Paul's last written words to the church in Corinth. So this is like summing up everything, all that we've gone through, all that I've committed to you, all that we've worked through together as a, as a person in a church. These are what I want to say as my last words. So I think it will come up on the screen. We're going to read from 2 Corinthians 13, 11. And it says this, Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these words. <clears throat> be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, important, live in harmony and peace, then the God of love and peace will be with you. I mean, that is, if, that's, if we just had one verse to sum up what we should do in caring for each other, that is brilliant. Um, but I want to highlight the bit that says encourage each other. Um, and just as a side note, having a Bible in our own language, even multiple versions in our own language to pick from, is the biggest gift that we probably don't even know that we have. But sometimes the English words that we use don't quite do the original Greek meaning justice. Um, and this is, I think, one of them. Because where it says encourage each other, if you went back to the Greek, and I'm going to try and say a Greek word here, I apologize because I'm going to say it wrong. The Greek word where it says encourage each other is if it can come on the screen first, you might know what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> Parakalesti. I'm going to say it says that, but who knows? That is the word if you want to spell it out. And this is what it probably more accurately translates to. Um, an intimate urging or call that someone personally gives to deliver God's verdict. That's 
where it says encourage each other, that is probably what a more accurate translation is. That we're called to deliver God's verdict on everyone's situation and each other. That's powerful. Like that is, that is a massive call for the church, that we're called to be full of moments where we each individually deliver God's verdict on each other. If we're a, if we're a community, we have, in our words, have power. We can enable people to walk into and be everything that God has created them to be by delivering God's verdict. And suddenly what things like, oh, just encourage each other, this is a big call. But it doesn't have to be scary because we can use the truth of the Bible with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, getting a balance of truth and spirit to directly deliver God's verdict on each other. And this is what we're talking about when we're saying cultural encouragement. The small encouragements are great, but we, can, we also need to understand the depth of, our, of the power of our encouragement in order to realize this and step into this as a church. Um, and just a quick example, we're going to do something practical in a minute because I love doing some practical stuff, but just as an example, me and Martin were chatting in the week about where like, some really good encouragement we see in the Bible, um, and it actually came up even a week before when we were at 20s Church. So I'm just going to mention Gideon for an example. So if you don't know Gideon, his name was Gideon. <laughs> um, and um, uh, we read about him mainly in the book of Judges, which is one of the first books in the Bible at the start in the Old Testament. And... Um, the most probably well-known thing about Gideon was that there was a moment where he was in a wine press, um, hiding away what, the, what he was doing in the wine press from the Midianites. Um, and he was in the wine press, not in the center of the battle. But this is what the angel of God came to, came to say to Gideon. And it said, sorry, I didn't get this in my notes, so I'm going to have to read it from here. And it said, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The person in the wine press, not even in, in the direct moment of the battle, God says, actually, no, you are a mighty warrior. In another translation, it says mighty hero. The victory is already with him because he is with God. That is the angel delivering God's verdict, and that is a power because when we deliver God's verdict, it can change absolutely everything. This is important, and this is powerful, and we can change absolutely everything by getting the, spirit, by getting the balance of the truth of the Bible, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we're joining with God to deliver his verdict, we can change a lot. It's powerful. And so you've all got one of these, and just as a, as a side note, we're actually going to do this together. I didn't want to talk about encouraging and let us all walk away and thought, oh, that was nice. We're actually all going to do it. You all have one of these, you all have pens. And what's going to happen? We're just going to spend a few minutes encouraging each each other in the church, in the temple of God. I'm, Peter is going to put on a song for us in a second. I'm going to pray us in. Hopefully your pens work. We're just going to spend a few minutes. I want you to look around, find someone in the room. Maybe it's someone serving upstairs who are doing a great job with our young people. Um, and we're going to encourage each other. We're going to directly deliver God's verdict. There's going to be a few minutes. You can sit on it. You can pray about it. Maybe you can even whack out your Bibles on your phone. And at the end of the service when we close... I'm going to see loads of people giving each other postcards and, and them being filled with joy because this is powerful and this is important to do as a church. Does that sound all right? So I'm just going to pray us in. Then we're going to have a song in the background and I'll join you in a few minutes once I've written mine as well. Is that all right? God, thank you that we can be a temple of God together, that we are called to care for each other. And we don't want to take this lightly. We want to do it really, really well and care for each other so well. And Lord, I just pray that as we, as we seek to do this intentionally together now, that you just you put your verdict on these postcards for other people in the room and that you just deliver joy, that you deliver freedom through these postcards and through our encouragement as we do this together. Amen. So you just want to start writing your encouragements. We'll put on a song.
if that's okay. Hopefully your pen works. Perfect. Well, hope you. I'm, I'm sorry if I've cut you off short. We just ran out a tense bit out of time. So if you're carrying on, I won't take offence if you go carry on writing whilst I just say the last point. And just so you know, there's lots of postcards also in the small hall. So if you wanted to write more than one or wanted to take some home to carry on giving to people throughout the week, please be my guest. We've got even more than these out. So if you need any more, you can ask me or Lois or one of the welcome team. We will give you these. This is something we really want to push into as a church because we understand how important it is. But just finally, before we finish, we didn't think it was... We, wanted to, we were looking at Nehemiah 10 39, not to neglect the temple of God, but we didn't want to look at what it means inside without looking at what it means for everyone else that isn't in the temple of God. And here's the last point. The last point is this. Inward investment should result in outward action. Yeah? Inward investment should result in outward action. We couldn't talk about, neglect, about not neglecting the temple of God here if we don't talk about what happens out there. And just a simple way to think about it is if you're a cup and you're encouraging each other, a bit of water goes into the cup and you're cooking meals, a bit of water in the cup, eventually that's going to overflow. And we don't want a really small tray to prevent that overflow from going just to the people around us. We want it to go far and wide. As we build each other up in the church, we want to enable people to go out into their communities um, and affect, affect communities, bring God to the communities and care for each other in the community as well as in the church. Um, and that's both personal communities and a corporate responsibility to do this as a church as well. Our overflow, we, we push into our Project 41 with food bank, with drop-ins, with play people, with everything. And this is how we're also caring for our community alongside not neglecting the temple of God. And just to look at this very, very quickly, I just want to look at Isaiah 61.1. You guys will probably know it. But this is really, really important. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted, to proclaim release from confinement and condemnation to the physical and spiritual captives and freedom to prisoners. That's what it looks like for our inward investment. That's what it should result in, that we are called to go out and do everything that has just been written. And uh, that's powerful. I read from the Amplified Version because I just think it just expands slightly on what a beautiful picture of the church should be doing. And this is also, as much as we're called to encourage each other and care for each other in here, we're called to go out and do this beside God. This is a mission that we take on with him. We're not alone when we go out there, but God is with us and we can take on some of this commissioning. This is all very important, right? I think I'm going to stop there because as the kids' workers, we want to bless the kids' workers as well, and that's part of our care. Um, but I'm just going to pray to end. Is that all right? And then you guys can carry on handing out your encouragements, encouraging each other, caring for each other, talking to one another, all the things we said. Let's go and do that together. Yeah, God, I thank you that for a fun morning we've had this morning. Thank you that we've been able to be family together, and this is what the church should look like. And I just pray that you help us just to be aware and be intentional about caring for each other in the temple of God, in the church. We want to kind of re-promise together now that we promise not to neglect the church, that we promise not to neglect the temple of God. And we also want to promise that we want our, that our inward investment will result in outward action, both in our personal communities, in the playground, in our workplaces, but also our corporate ones in the community around us, 
in the shops and the food banks, God. We, don't, we want to take this seriously. And we just pray that you, you come alongside us and help us to get this so right, because when we do it right, it's so, so powerful. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for what we've been able to do together, and we just pray that as we go on with our Sundays and start a new week, you keep us safe, that you bless us as a community, and you help us to bless other communities in doing that. We keep you at the center, and we give all of this to you, God. Amen. Amen. Cool. Amen. Amen. Ollie, well done. Thanks. Fantastic. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.